Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Wolves Weekly, sponsored by MyDieselClaim.com. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows and welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. This week I'm joined by the former Wolves players John Ruddy and Lee Naylor and the Wolves women head coach Dan McNamara. We'll assess the opening couple of weeks of the Gary O'Neill reign and maybe what Wolves need to do in terms of moving forwards. Do they stick or twist in terms of being more attacking to score goals or try and shore things up defensively? We'll look back on the transfer window and the big-name players that have departed over the summer and, again, what that could mean for people stepping up and to take on roles moving forwards as the new cycle begins for Wolverhampton Wanderers. But we start with Lee Naylor's thoughts on the defeat at Crystal Palace. It just seems that, you know, we get to a time in a game where we have a lack of concentration or, I don't know, we don't see the danger. And then it just kills us. It kills the game. Because, yeah, we, we did we did look organised. We are looking organised as a team, I think. you got plenty of people out there, plenty of players out there that are putting in a good shift. And it's just, I think it's just, just that lack of concentration that's 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 killing us at the minute. I I said to Tomo um, during the game on Sunday that you can over you accept certain goals that go against you and certain moments because sometimes there's just really good play and and things you can't prevent. It felt like those goals and a little bit similar to the goals against Brighton that they were preventable that. You know, you can point a finger in some cases and go, you know, players were allowed to run through the middle. And and at any level, you'd be really disappointed at that. Uh, of course. I mean, if you've got someone not tracking a runner or just not doing his job, then then it's a problem. Uh, you know, it's Brighton or something. It, it just looks like someone's looking to someone else to do, the, do a job. Like, it, you get him. No, you get him. It's sort of like that. Instead of having the communication and the organisation to to know whose man is who, who's got the runner, who's who's gonna take the runner off him. Like it's a uh, communication's a big thing, especially when you're playing in the prem. Um, everyone's got to know what you know, what they're doing, what their job is. Can I can I let a runner go? Uh, can I trust my mate? And it just seemed like like the other day when when they ran ran through for Edward's second goal, he just like come on, someone someone pick him up. I think they were they were they were poor to give away, weren't they? They were um, a couple of individual errors probably probably cost them. Um, 
and yeah, it was. We didn't really feel we haven't got a foothold in the game on 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 Sunday. Um, but yeah, individual errors. I don't. I think they they sort of were accountable for for Sunday. John, how does a dressing room deal with that kind of situation? As a as a professional, you could look at every goal and say there's a moment within the the play that that could be prevented at some point. Like I think the positive thing from what I've seen of Wolves so far since Gary took over is the chances are being created the other end. So now it's about marrying the two together and getting back to that defensive solidarity that, that they've been famed for really over the last number of years. Um, and it's a it's a work in progress. Obviously, everybody knows that obviously the, the situation with the manager and the how late uh, Gary came into the job at close to the start of the season. So for him to get his ideas across is always going to take a little bit more time. But I think uh, certainly for a young manager like himself, you know, he wanted to have that attacking impetus first and foremost um, and and then rely on the players that have been there for a number of years together to keep keep themselves together. And I, I wouldn't get too caught up in that at this moment in time. I think, I think there's far more positive signs than there are negative, that's for sure. That's the difficult thing though, isn't it? Cause I, and I wanted your insight into this because you've been there more recent than anybody when from the outside we tend to kind of block all these games into little bits so four games before the international break and everyone then focuses in on those four and then there'll be three in the next month and and obviously it's very early right and there's lots of players that have come in and as you mentioned the head coach has changed so in the dressing room do you take that same mentality to put things into blocks or is it just something completely different well, I can only speak from from my time, and we obviously took it game by game. Um, you are, you are aware that there's there's blocks of games between the international breaks, and you know to to have a small target in your mind of what you'd like, what the picture you'd like to see at the end of that. But ultimately, you can only go day to day, game to game, um, and that's all you can do. You, you you know, Nuno used to be very good at saying we never get too ahead of ourselves, but we never get too down either. You've got to find a consistent level where everybody's still aware and still got a good understanding of what you're trying to achieve. Everybody's understanding that it might take a little bit longer than expected because of the changes that have happened, because of the the unrest, if you like, during the summer. And as long as everybody's sticking together, which I've got no doubt they are in terms of the people I know that are still in that group, you know, they'll be, they'll be very good at keeping the people together and making sure they're working for one goal. It's always the thing, though, isn't it, Lee Naylor, in, in terms of time, right? Everyone wants time. How well, yeah. how how hard is it to get time? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, like, as as he said, like Gary came in late. He's trying to have his input in the team. I think you can. I think you can see that. I think you can see that they they they're trying to be resilient in in how they play and the the togetherness. Um, but at the same time time you got your outside influences as in fans as in media that whether you like it or not it has an impact so you know it's it's, it's up to the manager to keep that dressing room together to keep uh putting the message across to the players uh and the players to just be you know fighting in one direction dan what's it like when you're trying to coach people in this type of setup when um I say you haven't had a huge amount of time and you don't get a huge amount of time in between games. Yeah, no, it's tough. Obviously, it's a lot tougher at the level that uh, Gary is obviously trying to trying to work out and under the constraints that he's been on over over the summer and the little time that they have. But I think one thing that I picked up quite quickly and Rudd's alluded it to is is uh, 
he's got to get the 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 in possession stuff right. I think you know the, the, setting a, a structure to try and defend the goal can be not easy, but you can get that message across easier. But it's the other end; it's trying to create those opportunities and trying to be more effective with the ball that uh, that Wolves needed. And, and I think you, as as the lads have said, you can see it coming. You can see the creating chances and. And uh, the opportunities are coming. We we just need you know that little bit of luck now just to convert those opportunities. I think we'll start to see see more goals going in. Um, I think confidence is a big thing as well, isn't it? You, you see what what confidence can do to players. You know, Fabio can can turn a couple of these half chances or big chances into goals. I think you'll see him go on to another level. Uh, same with Sasha. I'm sure his his goals have done in the world of good and. Yeah, as I said, it's tough. It's tough when the games are coming thick and fast. Obviously, I've got it this week. We've we've had to we've had to have a, a really tough one at Burnley, where we were we were, we had to go up there and, and and not really have a lot of the ball, but try and stay in control. And then, obviously, the table turns tomorrow evening when we uh, we probably should dominate the ball against lower league opposition, uh, or sorry, lower in the table opposition, and people expect you to win. So it is tough trying to get messages across and, and stay as as Rud says, stay consistent, stay consistent, but be effective with the messages you're putting across. One of the big debates that I think the fans are having at the minute is about formations, and I'm really interested to get all three of you on this. And John, you can go first if you like. I had this debate with Tomo on on Sunday uh, about what's more important: picking up points or performances. And when people then start debating between being harder to be and five slash three at the back as opposed to having four at the back and more attackers and kind of stuff. What, where do you stand in terms of what, what is mo- most important to you get points on the board or play well and trust that the points will follow? Oh, that's a tough one because as a player, you want points on the board because you want the confidence of knowing you're, you're getting rewarded for the performances that, that you've been putting in. As a manager, and, and obviously Maka will be able to answer this more than me, but I'd imagine with your philosophies, with your ideas, with your style of play, you want the performances to be there. And and obviously with the way that Gary's going to try and play, you know, that would then probably make it more enjoyable for the players playing, knowing they're creating chances, knowing they're getting into good areas. And and as, as Maka alluded to there, it then becomes a little bit easier to sort of become a little bit more pragmatic within that and a little bit more structured and solid and harder to beat. But if you've got the players enjoying their football first and foremost, then I think it's easier then to start putting different messages across about being slightly more defensive and, and less open, if you like, when you're, when you're attacking. So look, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough balance to have because the fans want points. The, the players obviously want points and, and the manager ultimately wants points but the manager wants points doing things in the right way that they fear and and you can't go against someone's philosophy uh, and, and I don't expect Gary O'Neill to come in and rip up his philosophy straight away um, after what is it three, four games so Yeah I mean it's tough I think I think we're missing we're missing a bit of creativity if I'm honest I think a lot of creativity has left the dressing room in Neves and Martino and I think I like the back four. I do like the back four. But, you know, it's one of them where everyone's going to speculate when results are not going away, when performances are not going away. Everyone, that's, everyone's going to have an opinion on that. I think the manager's got to stick to what, he's, what he believes in. He's got to believe in his philosophy. He's got to believe in himself and the way he puts a team out. And I think the players can play either way, I'll be honest with you. I think we have the players now 
Uh, now we've brought in a centre half that we can we can you know switch to a to a back three, and I think you know we, we have the personnel in there. For me personally, I just think creativity is missing. You're right. When we were playing three slash five at the back, everyone wanted us to play four at the back, and and be more attacking in that sense. And now that we are more attacking, create more chances, but leaking goals at the other end people start talking about the other way and I hold my hands up. I, I look at the players we've got and I, I wonder whether they're better suited to fire at the back. Dan, you've played both in the last couple of years. Does it actually make any difference in certain senses? I, th- I think it's, 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 I'm a big believer of your, the, the formations and stuff. They're a, they're a defensive sort of, structure your formation really comes into play when you're trying to when you haven't got the ball out of possession. I, I, I think when you when you when you've got it, I, I try and tell the girls to be creative and play a formation which is effective in the moment you're in. Uh, and not everyone will, will buy into that. You know, it, it you know I, I say that when we are defending, as I said, we're a four three three or a four five one depending on the game, whether we're high pressing or whether we're but when we've got the ball, you know, you don't mind if if someone wants to pop up where they shouldn't be, if your ten's going to run into the channel, or if you if your right midfielder wants to come and receive it inside. Play what's effective and play as Nail says, we've got to start being more creative and giving them a little bit more freedom. Which I think, you know, you can see as I said before, Gary has and alluding to your question before of of what's more important. I think the it's got to be a balance of both. You know, there has to be he has to stick to his 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 principles and the way he plays however he has got obviously he understands points are what are effectively gonna keep him in a job that's what i mean now mikey what so so i'll tell you what so i'll, I'll give you this we, we 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 win every week and play bad uh or play good and, and get relegated what would you want it's a simple it's a simple answer <laughs> i think that the, the one that summed it up for me nails was everton away I watched yeah. that. I was up there. I was in. I was in the away end. It, it was. It was great at the away end. It was a, a poor performance. And then, from f- f- five minutes towards the end, I'm thinking, God, you know, I've got to drive back now, nil nil. And then all of a sudden, we score late goal, and everything changes. No one cares about the previous eighty six minutes. Exactly. Do you know, what I mean? we've got three points. Yeah. But that that's the thing about football, right? Like John, for instance, Bruno Large's first three games. Everyone always talks about the fact that. We had like seventy shots on goal in three matches, and it it was a it was a, a real kind of entertaining level of football. But we lost every game one nil, and then it, it felt like we kind of reverted back and, and became more solid, and then built and and had ultimately up until kind of the March time, we were in for a, a European shout again. So you know, I, I, I don't know where you, I'll be honest with you, Tomo absolutely was points. And I feel like nails is points, and I don't know whether that's an old school viewpoint or not. <laughs> no, I think I think points are, are obviously the most important thing because they keep you in the league. But like I said, a manager's philosophy is a manager's philosophy. They've got the job based on what they're telling the board how they're going to play. You know, and, and like you alluded to there, Bruno's first three games, it was like, what is this brand of football? We've never seen this for four years or whatever. Um, and he didn't change too much. He came. He just, like I said before, he became a little bit more pragmatic and realised that, you know what, if we're going to create this amount of chances and not score, let's let's make sure we're not going to be too open while we're trying to attack. And and obviously, 
you know, this is what three years down the line and and the subject's still the same, you know, creating chances but not scoring. And that ultimately is the problem. Um, you can get into all the best areas in the world, but if you've got no one to finish the chances off, then you are better off sitting back, soaking up some pressure and hitting teams on a transition and waiting for two or three chances a game, arguably. But the, the same problem occurs is if you're not going to then take those chances, what else, what other ideas are, are there? No, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. It's, it's one of them, it's, as, as, a, as a manager, if, if, you're, if you're trying to do the right thing, and it's not working. You're gonna get, you're gonna get, you know, abuse. If you if you're doing the right thing, uh, and it's it's not working at one end of the pitch, it's it's one of them, and it? it's it's so so difficult for a manager to get it right. So difficult um, to get results in the Premier League. But you know, he's 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 gonna he's gonna put his team out there regardless, and you can see what he's trying to do. Though that's the thing. I I can see a lot of positives. I can see a lot of positives. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows Brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com Yeah, it, it sounds like both you and John and, and I guess you as well, Dan Because I know you see quite a few of the games Are actually quite I don't know whether excited is the right word In terms of, of what they're trying to do I can certainly see the change in in, the, in, in what's going on I, I, As you said, they do look uh, They are creating more um, And I think the longer Listen, I've, we have to keep giving ourselves a little reminder that how long has he been in now? Is it is it let six weeks? Not even that, maybe. Um, so you know what we've seen in six weeks. What will that look like in twelve weeks? And what will that look like in eighteen weeks? And in when we get to the end of February, and he's had a a really good sustained amount of time with the players. Uh, you know what's it what's it then going to look like from here on in? And you know, it's a it's a, it's a tough ask when he when he first came. There's some big characters within within that group, obviously, and uh, you know he had, he had to win them over quite quickly, didn't he? You know, within within three or four days, he was going to arguably the hardest away day of the season. So, you know, is it is it a shock that a lot of the the in possession stuff is what we've seen improve? Probably not, because if you're going in to try and impose yourself on a group, do you really want to go? And, work a load of out-of-possession sessions in the build-up to your first few games? Or are you actually going to galvanise the group and say, actually, we're going to we're going to try and have the ball and we're going to be really effective with it? And I think that's what you've seen so far for me, personally. One of the things that I, I've really enjoyed, actually, from games, because obviously I've missed uh, two matches for the first time pretty much ever in uh, going off on honeymoon. Um, but the the element of um, how how direct they're being and how they're kind of um, going for it, really. And, John, I wanted to ask you about Pedro Neto, because I feel like he's really important to that. And he's, I think, played every minute in the Premier League so far. Um, he got a couple of assists at Crystal Palace on Sunday. And Nails and I have spoken before about how you almost feel like if Pedro is really on it, if he's at his best, then that can carry the team. Absolutely. Um you know, there, was, there wasn't much hype around Pedro when he first joined, to be fair. You know, he's still a young kid back then. Uh, what is he now? 22, maybe, still. So, And he's obviously had some some tough injuries along the way. But if you can keep him fit, he is undoubtedly the star man. Undoubtedly. The the, the pace, the power, the, the ability to run with the ball, use both feet. You know, he's integral to what Gary would want to be trying to build. Um, you know, and, and the good thing is now, the positive that, that Gary's got is there's no more disruptions now. 
you know, up until January, you know, the window's shut. He knows his group. He knows his squad. He knows what he's working with. And that is the same for the players. You know, they, they know what he's going to be asking of them on a daily basis. They can work on it. Um, this week's a slight disruption because of the internationals. There's a few players away. But he'll still have time to embed his ideas into the players that are left behind. And, and that will then make them infiltrate those ideas to, to everybody else when they get back. So, yeah, look, it, it's not going to be a surprise if you see them pick up form in the next few weeks and, and put some results together. And, and I think, like I said, if he can marry the two of the balance of attacking and defending, then, you know, there, there, there's nothing to worry about in my eyes. Um, you mentioned before how you used to take it game by game under Nuno. Um, when you look at the fixtures that are coming up, Liverpool, Luton, Man City, there must have been part of you in the dressing room that kind of looks and goes, oh, that's a, that's a hell of a run. Uh, yeah, on paper. But then you look at the games and you go, well, you get anything from Liverpool, bonus points. Luton is the game you're going to be looking to win. And then the same with City, it's a bonus point. So, you know, there's the two or three, two out of three of those games, there's no pressure on them to, to get any points, you know, because they're not expected to. Um, the big test will be the Luton game because Luton will be looking at Wolves in the same vein and be going, we could pick up points against Wolves. And that's that's the bit now is, you know, they have to make sure they're beating the teams that are, are so-called weaker teams and then doing what they've done over a number of years and, and making themselves hard to beat and difficult to play against for the bigger teams and hope they can nick something, uh, whether that be a point or, or, or three points. So, you know... For me, those games take care of themselves, those bigger games. It's the Luton game that is that is the one. And arguably, Lee Naylor, Wolves have done better in those bigger games. We saw last season the result against Liverpool, uh, not to rub it into Macca, but Wolves were, Wolves were very, very good in that game at Molyneux last season. Yeah, I mean, Wolves, for some reason, always, you know, put in a performance against, against the bigger clubs and tend to get a result. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as was said there, it's it's their bonus points, the two big games, their bonus points. It's the Luton game that really you should be focusing on, and you know they played each other pre-season, so it's 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 gonna it's gonna be interesting because Luton, will, they had their fair chances by the way in that game, so they'll be looking at that game as well, thinking oh, we've got a chance here, so. You know, it's it's going to be a difficult game, but they're the games you have to win. There's no there's no two ways about it. They're the games you have to win. I say before that is Liverpool, Dan McNamara, who are looking all right. Yeah, they've they've uh, look a, a little bit like the former selves, don't they? Um, after a, a rough smile season. on his face, look at the <laughs> smile. Such a Mikey when it when it when it happens in 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 a week and a half time and well I have split sort of I have split allegiances now I, I I'm a Liverpool fan but you know a draw there you go I'd love a draw <laughs> lies lies yeah of course it's lies he wants Wolves to win he just can't admit it because he knows his friends and family might listen to this um. Just before we let you all go, um, just wanted to mention on the transfer window. And actually, John, this is kind of towards you because I posted on social media the other day. If you'd have said to me that in one transfer window, um, Connor Cody, Jean Martinho, Ruben Neves, Raul Jimenez, 
and Adama Traore would all leave in the same window, I'd have I'd have been stunned. And yet I feel quite excited about that we're maybe starting a new cycle and whether it was time for that last cycle to kind of truly come to an end. Yeah, I think everything has its natural ending, doesn't it? Um, you know, and I think it, I think it probably was the right time for the club to certainly. I look at Ruben. Um, you know, for me, he he deserved to move probably three, four years ago, even. You know, uh, the COVID interrupted season I think killed him a little bit. You know, but he was a consummate professional throughout. Knew as long as he's at Wolves, he's given his best, hundred percent every game, every training session. You know, and that's exactly what he did. And, you know, he's got his move. It was an unexpected move, but a move that is was good for him, was good for the club. So everybody was happy. Um, obviously, with Raul, Joao and Adama, contracts were up, you know, so then it becomes a conversation of the club and the player saying, right, well, we think we'd like to give you this. And the player saying, I want this. And if you can't come to an agreement or if you think it's the right time to move on again, then so be it. You know, the, the service that those people gave were were incredible for the club and they're part of the club's history forever now um obviously codes moving on uh probably slightly unexpected last year when he went on loan thought he possibly would have stuck stuck it out and you know without sounding negative but outlasted bruno and got himself back in you know that that would have been my thought process but you know he wanted to go play football to get in the world cup squad he achieved that came back in the summer and probably thought it was it was the best time to start fresh as well. So but you can't ever take anything away from those players that are left. I think what they what they gave to the club, what they were part of, um, you know, hopefully we'll be seen again very soon. But, you know, it's gonna be very hard to replicate those those years. I mean, Lee Naylor, you know, you played in an era that saw some, you know, amazing footballers around it, players that you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, you guys as a group were inducted into the Hall of Fame for the 2003 playoff final. A little bit awkward because John's right there, but John knows what I feel about him and that group. And they <laughs> they will be they will be Hall of Fame worthy players, all of them, for what they've 100%. achieved in the last few years. One hundred percent. The the football in in which they played and they brought to Wolves uh, was a different style and. The qualities they brought were just top. Some of the best football I've ever seen down the Molyneux. And, you know, I'm thankful that I got to see it. So, yeah, well, you know, it's obviously a big thank you from me to them to say, you know, thank you for what you've done and and, and, and what you've given to Wolverhampton and Wanderers. And the fact that just, just some of the football, mate, it was incredible, especially uh, under Nuno. You know, he's, some of the football was a joke. And that's the thing, right, Dan? That and again, I post this on social media. That it's understandable that that a lot of us cling to to those years because they were the best years that many people have experienced. But football is a cycle, and it has to start again. And you have to give opportunities to new people to become legends themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree with Nails. Listen, I, I was very early in in sort of my connection with Wolves. Um, in, in in the 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 Nuno sort of era when they got promoted to the Premier League was was where we really started to feel it and I think yes the football was amazing for 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 the girls who are, are Wolves fans but I think we come at it from a a slightly different more emotional angle of and I know this it might sound a bit strange but Rudds and Cody and and all those Neves 
the way they embrace the girls is something that we'll never forget from that group. Um, you know, they 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 were fantastic from the minute we moved across to Compton. Um, so for me, I always have fond memories of Nuno stopping me at the gate, asking me how we got on in the FA Cup games and you know, the way John and, and Codes handed out the, the medals and had photographs with the girls at Molyneux when, when we won the league and stuff like that. So I think we have a, yes, the, the football was brilliant for the fans and it was amazing to watch, but we also have an emotional attachment to the to that group of they Adama and, and Raul and Jao and all those, but they were all the ones that really embraced the girls and made the the girls feel feel welcome into the football club. So, yeah, it, it was a, been an amazing few years on that front been an amazing time um the last couple of minutes obviously horrible for john ruddy because he's modest and he hates all this and he knows every time i get him to do something he's got to sit there and let us tell him how much how much we think he was amazing and how much we enjoyed this last couple of years mate cheers mikey (laughs) (laughs) um guys yeah no you well you need you to come on again because you talk such sense and um, I, I did a big chat with Dan Bentley that people can hear on Wolves Weekly, of which you're mentioned in it. And um, I, I found him really fascinating because he's kind of um, stepped up in many ways to to take on a lot of what you did and a lot of what a lot of other guys have done in the leadership group now. And it really highlighted to me how important it is, John, to have not just a captain, but a group of people who are there and who can kind of help shape and mould the new dressing room, really. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's one thing we were very fortunate of. And, and, you know, you alluded to the players there that left in the summer, but I think people underestimate the likes of Roman Saiz, you know, uh, what an incredible character he was and the way he was in the change room. Leander Dendonka, you know, spoke so many languages, we lost count. You know, Willy Bolly was, was a massive presence. But we all had the same goal. We all were fighting for the same cause. And like Dan said, you know, we embrace the women because they're part of the pack. And, you know, you used to sort of feel embarrassed talking about it when I first went there about Wolfpack, all this and all. But you understand that, you know, that that is a mantra that the club should be living by. You know, it is one pack. It is is everybody together, regardless of who you are, regardless of what department you work in. You know, everybody should be fighting for the same cause, regardless of what club you're at. The, the, the difference Wolves had was Nuno made everybody buy into that straight away. And everybody who came through that door player-wise, if they didn't buy into it, they didn't last long. And we, we've seen that with with a few examples across the years. And, you know, that for me, that's how it should be. You know, us as players tried to, to make sure whoever came in felt comfortable, but they also know what was expected of them. Um, and and from that, from that first moment of that first championship season with Nuno, it was, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. Get on board or get off. And simple as that. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. Brought to you by mydieselclaim.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.